The following program is intended for mature audiences. You're listening to Bottom Shelf Recording Talk. Sounds boring. Oh my, yeah. With your hosts, James Seabrook. Okay, you were paying attention, but the idea is clear in my head, but translating it into English is not. That's brutal. I understand the hypocrisy. And Joey Roach. I don't even know what you do. I was just told you were the man. Some people would say I'm overconfident. That could be my ego talking, though. I'm trying to think of the right word. Oh. Yeah. Must be a tough word. Next subject. Uh, you're bored with this one? You don't hear us gassing on about it. Give you in the horn. I don't think it means what you think it means. By the way, you know, when you're when you're telling these little stories, you have a big mouth. Here's a good idea. What are you even talking about? Have a point. Why are you airing personal matters with complete strangers? It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. <laughs> I don't know why that makes me so happy. Like um, your intro or uh yeah, yeah. I have to replace it eventually. Um because <laughs> uh, we're now we're probably 100 episodes in with that intro or minor variations of it we're due i think working class audio is like hitting close to 150 with the same same yeah the same the same vo intro right that's fair that's fair but ours has voice clips in it and where his is just a it's just an like a like an intro maybe that's what we should do is just go to an intro just go to an intro more boring boringer he has a narrator or whatever. Yeah, Chuck um Chuck something. I can't remember the guy's name. Nor can I. Yeah. Uh, uh what I was what I was what I was saying to uh, to start off with. This is what I had in mind. Do you need more coffee cuz you did grab the smallest coffee cup on the shelf, I'm sure. Eh, uh, whatever. I'll just drink Mary's. Cuz you know, she's not drinking it. No, she's not. Probably not. <laughs> um so, uh, so last week we had, we had a problem with, um, with the, uh, the license keys that plugged into, uh, let us use all the software. Right. Right. Uh, as it turns out, it wasn't the key- license keys. It was the, uh, the, the USB, USB drive, um, or hub input or whatever it's called. Yeah. The little, the little four port hub. Yeah. Um, it, uh, it has become super glitchy. Uh, so fingers dead. crossed yeah. we'll be okay today i'm gonna keep a close eye on it if i can but uh oh excuse me i found I, um i decided to go to uh to um one of the electronic stores london drugs specifically um mm-hmm. just to check out prices of getting them locally here in town and they are so fucking expensive compared compared to ordering them online so I decided I I went on eBay and I found a couple online for like 12 bucks each Right. that are, I'm pretty, I'm almost certain they're the same as the one I was looking at in London drugs. And, uh, yeah, so they should be here middle of the week, but if, uh, if, if it's not, I apologize. <laughs> um, Okay. On to uh, topics of the day. I, I got a long list of, of things we can talk about. Um, things that you might have genuine reactions to instead of instead of eye rolling. I don't want to talk about that again kind of reactions. But <laughs> you had something interesting. You had something interesting that you wanted to... Uh, uh, I guess. I, I mean, I just... I don't know. I'm a member of like a bunch of Facebook groups and right. one of those groups is a, a local filming group, which I, I usually ignore because they're never looking for sound guys on there. 
Right. They're usually looking for actors or DPs or yeah, that people who do film. But um, this guy, he's starting a like Twitch channel to do uh, streams of people playing Dungeons and Dragons, which is kind of popular right now. There's a lot of people doing it. Okay. Uh, but it looks like he's doing it in a very professional manner. Like he's got like a several cameras, camera setup or something. I think it's going to be a several camera setup. I haven't been to the studio to right. check it out, but he's got like a, um, what do you call it? Like an OSL or something like that. And he's ha- having a hard time getting the DAW and the, this, this video thing right. to communicate with each other. Gotcha. Do you know um, what die he's using? Reaper. Ah, okay. Yeah, but anyway, he was looking for people to be, I guess, the actors for the the campaign type of thing, people to play the game. Right. Uh, he was looking for both, like, guests when maybe, like, the main crew are not available or members of the main crew, anyway. Sure. As well as just main people for this thing. And... Uh, I shared with a bunch of people I know. I don't know if they applied or not, but I then said, hey, I shared this with my buddies, and I'd be interested in being a backup sound guy if you need somebody. Just let me know. And then I got an email, or like I was told to email them and talk to them a bit. And it sounds like they'd be open to me being their one of their backup sound dudes. Backup sound dude? So they have a sound guy already? Yeah, they have a main sound guy. And, like, I figured they had a main sound guy anyway. Sure. But, you know, sometimes maybe he wants to go on vacation or something. (laughs) He needs somebody to fill in. Right. Cool. Yeah. So, whatever. It it, it sounded like a cool project, so I thought I would check it out. It sounds like an interesting thing, yeah. Yeah. Um, I could see... uh, I could see having a lot of fun with that. Yeah, Yeah. Sounded interesting, so I offered my my expertise. And when you um, when you do your first fill in thing, I want to hear all about. I want to hear more about it. Um, sure, I, I'm going to send them an email telling them what days are good for me to come check out the studio. Because like the last email I got said, "Hey, uh, what works best for you for coming in to check out the studio?" Right. Then I'm going to email the sound guy chat with him see what because it, it sounds like they're having problems and maybe i can help them out i doubt it because i've i don't use video software so right well the least you can do is gives you an opportunity to learn something new right yeah i'll learn something for sure <laughs> yeah <laughs> Actually, in fact, I already learned something, kind of. Like, I forgot what the the acronym was, but some weird thing for streaming. Okay. Oh. It's gone. Oh, no. Uh, OBS. OBS. What does OBS stand for? I don't know. I looked it up <laughs> once. Do we have to Google it? Ask Uncle Google. Uh, no. Maybe. All right. Are you I'm trying it? to, but I have to log into your internet Ask first. Uncle. Oh wait. Ask Uncle. OBS. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, open broadcaster software. There we go. Right. Um, it is is free and open source software for video recording and live streaming. Stream to Twitch, YouTube, and many other providers. Yeah, which sounds to be to me like what they're trying to do. Yeah. Cool. I. I, I'm, I'm still trying to get um, Jeff from G Radio. Um, you might be listening to us on G Radio right now, um, which is interesting because I don't know anybody that... No one's come to me and said, hey, I heard you on G Radio. Um, Has anyone come to you and said, I've heard your podcast? Very few people, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> the only people who have done that to me are, are like people I've told like, oh yeah, I have a podcast. And then they go, oh, what's your podcast? And they'll look it up. Speaking of, um, this, I, I'm really a big fan of the new, um, the new, uh, podcast app on, um, on iOS for specific reasons. And I really dislike it for other reasons. But one of the things that I really enjoy about it is they, they have included the, um, the review, uh, option to write a review and leave a rating, that kind of stuff mm -hmm. directly in the app as you're looking at the, um, as you're looking at the thing, right? Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah. Uh, I, I just noticed that they changed how I, I look at my podcasts and it annoyed the f hell out of me because <laughs> I have to go fair. through like multiple things. Like I have to go library and then I have to hit episodes, which I mean, it, it is only two clicks, but before it used to be, I open it up and I just have my list of podcasts that were downloaded. Right. Um, see, and, and, and before they used to keep the shows in lists. And of course, now that I'm looking for it, I can't find it. Apple episodes. I don't know. No, son of a bitch. It's gone. Damn thing is gone. Well, shit. Hey, okay. Um, anyway, uh, it, it, we had a new, we had a new review on the podcast. Oh yeah? Yeah. Um, was it like a one-star review? One star? No, it was a five-star review. What? Um, and I'm going to, I'm going to see if I can find it because it was, it was one of those reviews that doesn't make any sense. Um, no, it's, uh, um, iTunes, um, bottom. This is great radio. We're oh, Googling bottom we're shelf. nothing but great recording talk that's the name of our show please look us up um okay so um oh that is the old one Son the new one's the one where it's joey roach and james seabrook um yeah i would i would have thought so but what? i don't see any reviews yeah man on itunes um, okay. So I got to go to iTunes itself. Son of a bitch. I just thought I could Google that shit. Um, iTunes store, bottom shelf. We have, uh, we have like three reviews now, which is great. Oh, um, at least I thought anyway. Uh, okay. Ratings and reviews. Uh, Okay, 
So as we uh, find out, we only have one review. No, we have three. Okay, we have three. Um, the oldest one is 2016. Hey guys, just wanted to say I love the show. Can't wait for more to come. Cool. Um, one out of one listener found this review helpful. Well, sweet. Um, the second review is oh okay so so that that first review was called awkwardly funny <laughs> um which is not entirely true but we're more awkward than we are funny mary finds us funny despite not understanding a single thing we talk about <laughs> um she maybe she wrote the uh, the other review uh so review review number two says uh it's called uh a stew full of meat and potatoes and audio gravy <laughs> <laughs> when on point, this show is pretty pretty entertaining. When tangents begin, who knows where it's going to go, or whose mouth, or whose mouth with have a big old stinky sock in it. It's probably meant to be. We'll have. All right. So that was from last year. Yeah. And this year, um, someone wrote randomness and audio geekery. This is yeah. a world I don't really understand, but the hosts are so amusing. I don't care. Huh. Yeah. There you go. Okay. I'll take it. We have people fooled, which is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so I got a long list of things uh, that um, I wanted to touch on, but I figured we'd start with this. Um, net neutrality in the States ended yesterday. Mm-hmm. Or the net neutrality regulations end in the states yesterday, but yeah. it's being appealed. I, I know, but the 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 rollback, like the appeal one, was successful. Yeah, and the rollback happened yesterday. Well, no, the appeal wasn't successful yet. It has to go to the Supreme Court, where it's suspected oh. that it's going to fail. Did I totally misread this? Then uh, I've been following it because usually Canada follows. Gotcha. Suit with whatever the. U.S. does, although who knows? Because it seems like U.S. Canadian oh, so, relations are so is damaged. The, so right is now. is this is this telling me that that um, neutrality ended yesterday? No, net neutrality ended a while ago. Mm. Well, so what is the what the fuck are they talking about? Uh, net neutrality right now uh, is on appeal, or mm-hmm. like the what happened like months ago when uh what's his name mg pie or something okay it sounds familiar he's like the head of the fcc um but he basically said we're not watching over uh the internet anymore despite the fact that it has already been ruled that it's the fcc's job to watch over the internet okay and make sure companies aren't doing shitty things with it um but he decided oh no i'm not doing it and like it's speculated that because he comes from he he was a lawyer for a lot of telecom companies before becoming the head of the FCC that he's probably working with the telecom companies instead of being neutral oh right that's shitty yeah i mean that's a rumor uh but whatever like whatever the truth is it doesn't matter like he he doesn't want to watch over the internet Right. He just wants telecom companies to self-regulate, which we all know that means that they're going to be dicks about it. Right. Okay. Um, but there was uh, a bunch of 
I think it's no, was it Congress people or I don't know. There was a bunch of politicians that then all decided that you know what this is unacceptable and then filed for an appeal um to overturn what the fcc is doing and now it has to go to the supreme court gotcha okay where it's likely to fail because it's mostly like i I think it's congress or something i don't know i don't know how the The american politics system really works but it like the uh, there's a bunch of people who, who are like high up in the national politics thing that have to decide whether or not uh, the appeal stands or uh, what the FCC ruled months ago stands. Gotcha. And then if, say, those people decide that, you know what, net neutrality should stay in place, Trump can always veto it. Mm. Because Trump could do that. Um there was a, a note on this page that said uh, Montana put in its own net neutrality regulations. Yeah, a lot of states, a lot of states are, are doing it. Doing that. That's awesome. Uh, because they're they're pretty much saying if the national government doesn't want to do it, then each individual state will do it. Cool. Because right. the people want net neutrality. Absolutely. It's only the it's only the big companies that don't want it because yeah, they, they want can, they, they want to charge it. you for using certain websites and stuff like that right they basically want to turn your internet packages into television packages gotcha because uh... they can do that and they could be like oh you you don't you can access netflix but it's going to be slow compared to our version right. of netflix or unless you pay us extra to speed up your netflix and at the same time they can then tell netflix that they have to and they do do this they actually will slow down netflix and then tell netflix themselves that they have to pay them x amount of dollars to speed up their service to their users yeah long uphill battle i guess yeah Uh, okay um number two i thought we'd have another one of these things where um, I found another studio for sale. Oh, um, this one's selling for four point six million. Whose studio is this? Tommy Lee. Oh, yeah. I thought you'd. Uh, I thought you'd enjoy this. Anyway, so does it come with the gear? I. I, I would. <laughs> I would hope so for the price. Yeah, but probably not. Right. Um, so. Uh, he's got. He's got some definitely. He's got definitely got some tasty pieces of equipment in here. Yeah. Um. It's a nice bright red, looks really well lit. And he has, he has more gear in his racks than the entire value of my studio, let alone the analog console he's got sitting there. Um, the joys of being a millionaire. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, one of the things the article talks about is how many millions he's made. Um, but he tried selling, he tried selling his, this, this is one of those home studios where okay. half the house is built into a studio. Right. Um, he tried selling it initially for 5.6 or 5.5 okay. a couple of years ago, mm, pulled it off the market and then has relisted it for 4.6. Okay. Um, but okay, even so, that is not going to sell. Well, like, I mean, the house itself might, but like yeah. the studio part, no. Because anyone looking at that, like, mm. I mean, you'd have to either be really stupid to spend that kind of money on a studio, because then your up, upkeep is 
super high. Right. Right. But I mean, your, your, um, your cost of doing business here anyway is going to be, you know, really high uh, property taxes alone, you know, on a $4.6 million house. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was talking to, uh, to a, one of those independent studio guys that, um, he, he's, he's got a studio and he records like his own band and that's pretty much it. Okay. Um, he happens to run, uh, his studio out of, out of, uh, the business that he owns where he also owns the business condo. Right. Okay. It's a really big warehouse. Like the, um, it's one of those, one of those warehouses where he says he could probably get, you know, 7,000 a month just for rent out of the place. But he chooses to use it for other things. Right. He, he runs his business out of there. Mm -hmm. Um, and of course he's, he says he owns the building now. Um, he's been in there long enough. He's own, he, he owns it. Um, but his property taxes yearly, you're going to love this $25,000 a year property taxes. That's more than I pay in rent here at this, at, at our studio. Yeah. Let alone. Yeah. Now he's got, he's got five times the amount of space we have here, but uh, and if he can get seven grand out of it a month in yeah. terms of just rental revenue, like that would pay for the property taxes and then some anyway. Yeah. He's, he, he's trying to sell, he's trying to sell the business and the, and the space. Right. Um, and, uh, predictably he's not able to, he's not able to find a lot of interest because of the property taxes. Um, he says that scares away a lot of people. So he's looking at if, if, if he can't sell it by the time he's actually wanting to retire, he'll just shut down his business and, uh, and rent out the space and, and that'll, that'll be his retirement. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Why not? That's passive income. So now, um, he's got a lot of things in here that I wish I had. I'm not looking at it very closely because I'm sure that there's a few pieces of gear in there that I would love to have, but we'll probably never actually have because yeah. I will never just, I could never justify owning a $3,000 thing. <laughs> probably. You could eventually. Um, his live room. I really like the look of his live room. Um, it, it's super simple, right? But uh, um, nice and open and bright. I like that. And it, you know, largely kind of browns and beiges. Yeah. Um, I get I get the feeling like there's a window on this side that the picture is taken from. Probably. And that, I, that makes me excited. Excited is the wrong word, but... I like windows in recording spaces. I do too. Um, and of course pictures of the house and it's a nice looking house. Beautiful house. Yeah. I mean, for several million dollars, it better be. Oh, it's got a pool. Of course. But I mean, yeah, every, of course a rock star has a pool. Yeah. Um, I have no idea what that is. What? Why does he have a gong over his door? <laughs> Cause why not? So you can, this is specifically so that as you are about to walk through the door, you can jump up and bang a gong and carry on. That was stupid. <laughs> I thought it was great. <laughs> you think it's going to sell for four point whatever? 
Ah, uh, you know, it, it always you always ask for more than you think you're going to get. Yeah. Right. But um, yeah. Well, I, I guess like the house part of it's probably worth several million dollars alone, and then probably the right person would probably be willing to spend the extra on the, yeah. the home studio part of it. I, I mean, if you were if you were a successful musician that's looking to continue a career that's a perfect that's a perfect opportunity to not have not to have assuming you you have the right the money slash but if you have income coming in that could justify that purchase so apparently apparently oh um through the the gong door yeah you can see into the it leads right into the control room okay yeah I, i i see that right here I see the uh, the Pultex and the um, the Manly Slam. I think that's a slam. Anyway, um, you if you can afford this to begin with, you're probably spending a lot more than the average person on your record anyway. And by making an investment like this, where you have a really nice studio inside your home, you are you are i mean you could do what you do and 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 rent it out as a as a semi-commercial studio but also make your own records there and you're saving on that overhead yeah like there's long term long term that could potentially be a really good investment assuming they don't have laws like nashville have fair enough but i mean he's he's got the studio in there already so yeah Yeah. Um, anyway, so the not so humble abode. Okay. Uh, what was next? I had, what did I want to go to next? Uh, oh yeah. Um, I found this and I really liked the title, but I haven't dived into it too much. Um, but I think you might, um, you might, uh, appreciate this okay the title of this particular blog is i will never listen to your music if i hear you say dot 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 okay i I probably share the same opinion as this person (laughs) yeah um and okay this one's really short so i'm just gonna read read the post Mm -hmm. okay uh, there's one thing, this is, this is by a blogger, Chris Robley, and this is from, um, April 20th, 2017. Um, I found this on the DIY musician blog, uh, page on uh, CD baby. Okay. Okay. So Chris Robley writes, there's one thing I hear artists say all the time that immediately raises red flags. Well, there are actually a few things artists could say that raise red flags, but this is perhaps the most common one. Ready? Yeah. No one is writing good music these days. Yeah, that would be a red flag that you're probably also not writing good music. (laughs) There's that too. Um, Or any variation of, I don't listen to new music. Um, So he says, that's ridiculous. Did all the talent dry up in 1972 or 1984 or 2001? Yeah. Yeah. I get not having time to listen to a lot of new music. My daughter is four. 
and I'm now, I'm just now feeling like I have the mental space to explore new releases again. But I never once fooled myself into thinking that there's nothing of merit being created these days. I heard yet another artist say the other day that all modern music is garbage. Does that include your own? (laughs) Maybe, right? Um, I mean, that's just me being snarky, and I'd probably say that to the artists and then probably piss them off unintentionally. Yeah. Um, If you're going to make broad statements like that, you're opening yourself up to my snarky come back well and 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 i feel like that's what this post is um he continues to write uh you don't even have to incorporate the influences of new sound into your music i'm not expecting you to be as wowed as you were when you were 16 and the whole world waited just ahead just don't be so self-satisfied in your closed-mindedness acknowledge that maybe just maybe good stuff is happening today that's every bit as thrilling as your favorites from the past so here's, here's the question he posts at the end, he, he poses at the end of this, um, why? And, and, and this is, this question is for you, Joey, mm-hmm. <laughs> a few times I've used your name on the show. Um, why do some musicians have such a hard time admitting or recognizing that quality, mu- quality music didn't go extinct when they turned 30? Um, cause you're, you just recently turned 30. Yeah. Six months ago or something. Um, when you hear someone talk trash about something as vague as new music, do you immediately write off their own music? Do you actually think all new music is terrible? What do you think? I don't assume anybody's music's terrible until I listen to it. (laughs) (laughs) And then it's no longer an assumption. It's a acknowledgement. It's a acknowledgement that your music is awful please stop doing what you're doing and go get a day job. Uh, whatever. I mean, <laughs> if people like it, then keep doing it just cause I don't like it. Whatever. It doesn't matter. I, but, I mean, with the technology being what it is like, yeah. yeah, sure. There's a lot of untalented people making music and actually making money off of it too. But at the same time, there's the super talented people making music too. And yeah, I mean, come on, we all know that it's not how talented you are that get gains you te- uh, attention in this industry, especially now. Yeah, yeah, it's who you know and how pretty you are in some cases. Yeah, yeah, and there's been there's been so much. If you want to talk about music being trash, there was a ton of trash being made in years and decades past. Well. Like the 70s, like disco, like everybody and their dog was doing disco because that was the moneymaker. <laughs> and there's probably a lot of bad disco. And generally all we look back at is the good stuff. Right. The stuff that stands the test of time, right? Yeah. Yeah. I remember um, I remember when I... Or the 80s, the power ballads and shit. Like, do we look back at the shitty power ballads that People every band did? shitty power ballads. Yeah, but... Like the power ballads that we do listen to today from right. the 80s are like the outliers, the ones that really stood out. Yeah. Among the vacuous crap that was power, power ballads. <laughs> I remember that moment that I had where I stopped thinking of music as shitty, um, where I finally started to recognize that it's not shitty, it's just I'm not into it 
yeah, I don't enjoy this music. Um, and that was near the end of my hatred of Nickelback. You know, I, I grew up a rock and roll guy. Um, so Nickelback was all over the radio stations that I listened to. And, and I had lots of friends that, um, and even I even enjoyed them early on in their career, uh, and developed a hatred is, mm. you know, like a lot of us did when they became really successful and we didn't. Um, well, I don't think I ever hated them because if I did, why would I join a, a Nickelback copy band and yeah. sell my soul? <laughs> but I do enjoy the jokes of, uh, I don't know, the jokes that come about being all hatred towards Nickelback because yeah. they're, they're funny. <laughs> nice. Nice. Um, yeah. And I mean, I have no problem taking, you know, I still don't like the band and I still don't like Chad. I don't care for their music. I understand why it's successful, but I'll never, I'll, I'll never say again that their music is shit because it's, it's clearly not because it's selling millions. And that's, that's what I come down to is if there is even one person in the world that likes the song, it's serving its purpose and it, yeah. and it must be good for that person just because the rest of us don't enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, I, I, there's, uh, I've worked on a, I've worked on a handful of like alternate pop and like, like pop cabaret kind of stuff that is young and naive in the songwriting. Mm-hmm but at the same time, really adventurous and not something that I would ever write and certainly not something that I would ever repeatedly listen to. But who am I to say whether it's good or bad, right? The songwriter is really proud of it. Uh, The performers are really proud of it. Um, The fans of it really enjoy it. Yeah. So, So it serves its purpose. Exactly, right? And it's, yeah. Yeah. But I, I do enjoy, I do enjoy, um, tuning out when I hear people go on rants about how shitty music is today. Well, I, I just kind of go numb and stop listening to them because <laughs> I, I know that they don't know what they're talking about. Essentially. Right. Yeah. Like, I mean, I got an earful of that when I was in my twenties anyway. Right. So like I've, I've heard the arguments already, like just hearing people like, Oh, I like everything except for country. It's just like, why don't you like country? Well, and then they would like tell you and just be like, okay, those are valid reasons, but that doesn't sound like you listen to country on a regular basis to really have a generalization. <laughs> yeah. Side note on country. I watched a five minute video of CLA mixing um a new carrie underwood song um Hmm. specifically how he was working on her vocals and he did some things his basic process was pretty similar to ours sure um but he did some things to it that i can only assume he could do because it was well recorded and she's a great singer he specifically boosted a ton of top end 
and a whole bunch of 2K. 2K makes sense to me. Does it? Yeah. Because that's the that's the that's the frequency range to me that that gets kind of like bitey and 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 nasty. Uh, I mean, for certain voices, sure. Uh, but yeah. maybe Carrie Underwood, that's kind of more the center of where her voice is. That could be. I, I find like anywhere from one to two K is usually a good spot for a vocal. Mm. And, it, and he was saying that he really wanted to bring out the, um, uh, I think he called it that kind of like AM radio quality to her voice, but it clearly didn't sound like AM radio. He just wanted to bring out some of that some of that tone so that she'd cut through better. That may, uh, Yeah. That, that makes a lot of sense to me. Totally does. Right. Uh, Usually one or two K I, I don't have a lot of that in instrumentation because the vocal tends right. to like to sit in that area. Right. It's interesting. So I usually pocket my vocals a lot lower than that. Requires some thought. The occasional vocal goes lower than 1K, but but most like of them... for female singers, I, I usually find like 1.5 2K is like a good starting spot. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, male vocals, it tends to be like 1 to 1.5, and then the odd uh, male vocal might be that 2K range. Right. That's so funny because I I I'm 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 specifically a lot lower. Like I'm. I'm down in the 500 range where it is where I pocket so much of That's my That's usually where like the tone. fundamental hangs out is yeah. around down there. Um, but then I... But I'm usually not looking at the fundamental. I'm looking at the, the body. The clarity. Okay. Yeah. And the clar- and clarity in the vocal is like 1 to 2K. Gotcha. Okay. I had completely disregarded that. I'm, I'm going to look at every mix that I've ever done and and, and, and hate it again. <laughs> Um, we were in the top end boost thing. I mean, I, the top end, I do shit like that all the time. Anyway, I've heard him talk a lot about how he cranks the snot out of, out of top. I I stopped giving a shit about how much I boost things. Mm. I used to care. I used to be like, Oh, if I'm doing more than four DB, I must be doing something wrong. Cause I would write, read like these technical magazines of like, yeah. yeah, more than four dB. You're introducing all this stuff, and the the clarity or the the original recording is now no longer going to be similar. And it's just like, right. but, but now cares? that I'm older, it's just like yeah. that's why I put a fucking EQ on it I so that a, it doesn't sound like it did. <laughs> had a um, guitar recently. Just did a, uh, a five-song EP mix for the uh, for the Johnny Lemons, mm-hmm. and I really enjoyed the songs. We're still they're rev- they're revising one of the songs, but um, I'm really happy with with how the record turned out, especially because we did most of it live. Um, the lead guitar player, his tone, um, they'd kind of they'd actually spent some time. The two guitar players actually had spent some time to kind of pocket their guitar tones together Um, and the lead guitar went for scooped middle big bottom and big top right okay uh in the context of a mix that ended up not working well at all and so i i dumped a lot of that low end because it was interfering with the uh the The bass player who was just he was fantastic um just 
like great, great fingers. Um, and I bumped up a ton of upper mid into that guitar and got it really cutting really nicely. Um, so the guitar player takes it home and his first reactions are, well, I don't really like any of that. <laughs> you know, where's all the low end? You know, where's all this big warmth? And I'm like, well, this, this is kind of the sacrifice for the recording, uh, for the mix. Um, but he listened to it on a couple of, couple of systems. And I'm, he was one of those guys that did the, the right thing and listened to it on a dozen of different systems. Right. Yeah. He said on a, on a handful of systems, there was just this something about, about the guitar that was grating. Right. Okay. Um, and, and so I, you know, we spent some time on it on Sunday, I think. And, uh, and found a, it was like a 2.5 cut that just kind of made all of that gratingness go away. Still maintained all this bright, all this bright clarity and this great punch, but a little 2.5 cut that made it all go away, which was really nice. And it'll probably double as uh, letting the vocal stand out a little bit more. Well, the vocal, the vocal stood out really nicely anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, it was, uh, 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 it was really sparse arrangements. Like they didn't, they, there weren't tons of layers. Cause like I said, it was mostly live. Um, and so the vocal had lots of, lots of room to breathe. Um, oh, okay. and, and the guitar really was just kind of sitting apart from the vocal anyway. So it, it worked pretty nice. Yeah. Okay. Um, changing gears. The, uh, we were talking about mastering, was it last week or a couple of weeks ago? Maybe. I don't know. I don't um, remember. So production advice, um, Ian Shepard, right? Yeah. He, uh, he had a, he's had a couple of, uh, a couple of podcasts on his mastering podcast about, um, about, uh, mastering targets and, um, sp specific levels for, uh, yeah, for, he even right. has like a website now called uh, yeah. uh, Loudness uh, Penalty or something like that. Yeah, something like that. Which sounds interesting. Uh, I yeah. haven't Loudness heard everything penalty. about it, but it, it sounds like it, it gives you information as to like it will sound just as loud as you have it if you reduce it by this many decibels. Something like that, right? Yeah. Um, but it's the greatness, uh, the great thing about that site is that it, it, um, it doesn't, it just downloads a little tiny, little tiny, like JavaScript type of thing in your browser onto your computer. And so mm -hmm. you don't upload your audio to it at all, but it'll analyze your audio right on the thing and compare that to all the streaming services. Right. But he also, he also ranted about, about, um, why you shouldn't, uh, why you shouldn't target, um, the the exact volume for the streaming services or the exact yeah right he said he sh yeah he said something along the lines of like just because spotify's uh 14 lufs doesn't mean you should be mastering at 14 lufs that's right yeah um do you have a do you have a target that you usually master to uh i usually try to peak at negative 10 mm. but i i don't really focus on what the average is too much yeah as long as it, it kind of makes sense to me depending on what's going on with the song i try to use um i try to use the lufs 
measurement to get that to get that kind of average yeah i mean um, I'm, the meters i'm usually looking at i have like my short term meter i have a medium range and then a long like the song yeah. average right um range as well yeah and I, I usually look at all three and i i gotta be honest i completely ignore the medium one I look at the, the medium one is handy to let you know, like if it's in the middle of the chorus, like how loud is it compared to the rest of the song? Okay. Well, how, how, how useful is the short term one then? Short looking... term just allows you to see like the, like, I don't know, maybe you have a, a, a kick hit somewhere that's just significantly louder than the song. Right. So it can be useful to like not, blow your listeners ears drums off gotcha okay um but the do you do you know the um the measurement cycle for uh for the medium and the short like is is the short like uh like a half second and the medium like like three oh, or four no. seconds half seconds long half seconds uh, long. like okay. probably half seconds probably your medium oh really so like 500 milliseconds or something like that that's crazy i think the short usually is like 200 milliseconds um, I I remember looking at those specs like when I was trying to learn what LUFS was, and then I just kind of disregarded that information after I learned. Right. That. Yeah. Um, I think I need to. Uh, I think I need to pay more attention to the medium. Then. I think I'd. Yeah, I'd, I had probably looked at the short term, thinking that. I'm getting the measurement that I should be getting out of the medium. I think I'm going to change that. Uh, do they have? I that? mean, a lot of meters allow you to change um, the speed of it anyway. Oh, really? Yeah. Very cool. Um, and I, I usually pay attention mostly to meters that are like 200 to 300 milliseconds. Yeah. Anyway, uh, just because that—that's usually a pretty good representation of loudness. Yeah, I—I wouldn't—I um, wouldn't anticipate anything, anything shorter than half a second. That's crazy. I—I uh, I clearly need to reevaluate this. I mean, half okay. a second is still useful information because it, it does give you like an idea of like how loud that particular second is. Right but it doesn't give you information as to like if that uh, kick hit or that snare hit is producing a, a loudness peak that you may have to do something about. Yeah. Well, and I'm not usually worried about the peaks. Cause... I, I'm not usually worried about that either. Uh, generally, when that is an issue is mostly like if a band has a sub drop or something. Right. And like mastering can sometimes bring that stuff way out. Like I, I, I would be listening to something and, you know, I would know it was there, but it would be lower in the mix. But then come mastering, it's just all of a sudden, boom, right. and just gobbles up the mix. <laughs> and I mean, the short meters can kind of let you know when something like that's happening before yeah. it like gets too bad. Uh, da, 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 da. Um, okay, I just downloaded. I use. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Okay, no, I. Uh, okay, so so I use um, I use Isotopes Eyesight, mm -hmm. um, which I really like 
I really like the the display of it. So they have uh, momentary, short term, and integrated. Um, and the momentary is four hundred milliseconds. The short term is three seconds, and the integrated is of course the um, the sum over the entire length that it's been playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Okay. So so I I am paying attention to the right one. Um, cause the, the, I pay attention to the integrated and the short term and I, I completely ignore the momentary. That's the yeah. one. I mean, I don't completely ignore it, but I generally, no, it, it's not as useful as the other two. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's got its uses in the sense of like, you can understand what a section yeah. is doing. So cool. Yeah. So I, I try to target minus 10 minus nine um for something that's intentionally supposed to be louder like a like a hip-hop song i'll try to push it to minus eight sometimes minus seven but um generally there's a lot like less averaging there or peaking yeah. no averaging well i mean um my, my my peaking like the the peak not the peak rms the, but just the, the the average level yeah okay Throughout the song, that or at the loudest at the lo- part? Lou- loudest parts. I, you, I, I got to be honest. I don't really care much about the quieter parts. I only really care about the louder parts because mm-hmm. I, I try to, like I think I should. I try to make sure that the quieter parts feel appropriately quieter compared to the louder parts, and I'm not specifically concerned about how loud the quieter parts are. Mm-hmm. Um, I want them to feel right. But the louder parts, I want to make sure that they're that they're pushing the volume the way the client might expect. Yeah, right. And if if the client understands what I'm talking about when I start talking about um, it, you know, it'll sound punchier on streaming services if I'm just a little quieter. Then I'll I'll do that. But generally, they they look at me and I'm like I don't know what you mean. Can you yeah. just make it loud? <laughs> yeah. Well, then there's the talk afterwards of being like, if I make it loud, Spotify's going to turn it down anyway. Yeah. Well, but I mean, their their bigger concern is when they throw it on their phone, which is what all these kids listen to. But your phone will do it too. Only if you have it turned on. I have, I have mine turned off. Yeah, but it's default on. Fair so enough. Unless, Fair enough. Unless they actively go in their phone settings and turn it off, which yeah. I mean, people like you or me are going to turn that stuff off. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, now it it doesn't do that for things like like streaming services on the phone, because right? the streaming services are already doing it. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. I'm so used to having complete independent control over everything that. Yeah. Yeah. Kids uh, these I'm, days. I'm the same. I, I I turn all that stuff off, but I think the general public should not have access to that stuff, and that it should be turned on for them. I well, see now you're talking like a Mac user instead of a PC user. Well, no, because I'm just talking about like <laughs> like come on, you've been in that car where the car stereo EQ is just stupid. It, yeah, like all the all, all the mid range is is turned down all the bases turned like ranked cranked up and then sometimes the treble is also cranked up yeah so you got this weird smiley face of a, a graph and it sounds like shit and then the you go in and you fix it and you go like doesn't that sound better and they go like oh yeah it does 
I've had the exact opposite response. My little brother, um, the first truck that he got that was his, he installed a really nice stereo system and did that smiley face crank, crank the low end, crank the top end, dump all the mid range. And every time I'd go in, I'd fix it. And he'd be like, what the fuck are you doing to my stereo? And he, and, and I'd say, well, doesn't it sound better? And he says, no, that sounds awful. And he'd turn it back. <laughs> All right. <laughs> For him, he wanted, he wanted maximum volume. Now he's not musical at all. So yeah. like that's one of those things that we don't, we don't share. Well, if he's way. only listening to like the kick drum or whatever, then whatever. Well, it, it, he wants maximum volume, but doesn't want to have to yell over the music. And so that's his, that's his fix which totally makes sense from that perspective. Yeah. But he also doesn't actually care if it sounds good. Okay. So yeah. most cars that I'm in and I do that too, they're just, everybody's just like, Oh like, man, oh that, my sounds God, great. that sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going, oh, I could be better, but your EQ kind of sucks and doesn't give me the options that I want. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I had a car stereo, I'd just be like, how do I, how do I wire a parametric EQ and a compressor into this? <laughs> <laughs> I keep, I keep telling my wife that we got to do that at home. <laughs> we listen to, we listen to the TV on the shitty TV speakers. Oh yeah. And I'm fine with that because I'm okay with yeah, listening right? to shitty speakers, but I definitely want to wire in a compressor. Yeah. <laughs> For like the yeah. commercials when they come in. Well, and, and we we're just all Netflix and YouTube, right? Like okay. We don't we don't have well YouTube compressors. commercials can be stupid loud too. Yeah, really? You'd think they'd be all all adjusted. You would think. Yeah. I, I mean, part of the problem also is because of um, the YouTube. Mm, excuse me, YouTube videos. Yeah. Not all those people know it about sound and know that's, how to use a compressor. Fair. Yeah. So some of them there's no compression on you turn up so that you can hear right. what they're talking about and stuff like that. And then a commercial break will happen. And because it's produced professionally, there's compressors, EQs and, and it's everything, loud. and it just fucking rips your head off. <laughs> That's why I used to have my, uh, DBX 160 a, I think it's the a, I don't know. That's just a mono unit though. Yeah. But I have two. Oh yeah. Okay. And then I had the negative ratios and I found a good spot where like the commercials right. hit, but YouTube videos and Netflix didn't really tend to hit it. They would hit like right. the, 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 the tip of the threshold. And then when the commercials came on, it's just like, boom. Oh, I can't hear you anymore. Cause you're louder than everything. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. I, uh, <clears throat> the two that I would do that the most with downstairs, um, is the, uh, I got those pair of 560As, mm -hmm. the 500 series versions. Um, and I would do similar things. I, I, I never played with the negative ratios, but. The negative ratio is not useful for very many things, I don't think. Well, it's great for, it's great for taking a snare drum out of a hi-hat track. Oh yeah, I would be good at that. Or if you want to do something similar to, uh, to overheads. I, I could see it being used as a distressor or if you made a parallel track and you just boosted something that you yeah. wanted to get rid of in the original track and then invert the phase going into a bus i could see that being useful yeah there you go but otherwise 
the most useful thing I've found it for is just commercials. Commercials going from full <laughs> volume to no volume. I also really enjoy the uh, the Joe Meek stereo compressor um, running TV and everything through. It sounds really smooth and really clean, and I never notice it. <laughs> yeah. And and the the greatest thing is a lot of especially a lot of older movies I find the um the dynamic range on a lot of older movies is generally quieter anyway. Yeah. And and I find it it really it really helps make the quiet stuff that you have to strain to hear louder so that you can you don't have to like lean into here and it like, oh my god. There's the occasional modern movie that that perturbs me about because a lot of them are looking for that dynamic range and stuff and you right. have like a whispery part and it will be like I have to focus to but hear it. But then followed the... by explosion from hell <laughs> that makes me want to punch whoever did the sound for <laughs> that movie. Speaking of movies like that, I um I heard an interesting quote about the Transformer movies. Um, they were generally just making fun of them and said, uh, Megan Fox, an actress who looks like a professional porn star, but acts like an amateur porn star. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Has Um, she done any movies other than, um, yeah. What's his name? Michael Bay? Yeah. I'm sure she has. Okay. I, I I just I kind of associate her with Michael Bay and his movies, which he I don't does, like. He does enjoy her. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, and it is, is what it is. But I I find modern movies, uh, especially over the last 10 years, because they use, they rely so much on ADR. Um, I don't mind ADR. I don't mind it either, but there's there's the opportunity to get a lot more presence out of the voice sure without bringing up background noise right mm-hmm. and so it's it's naturally easier to hear even the quieter stuff um and then and the the perceptive difference between the quieter and the louder isn't so dramatic but still maintains all that impact of the dynamic range right yeah. whereas older movies that didn't rely as much on adr th- because they can't digitally make things work um it's harder to get that presence and there are so many scenes. I remember uh, a scene from the fifth element. Do you remember the movie, the fifth element? Yeah. It's one of my favorites. Same here. Um, there's that scene where Lilu is holding the gun on Bruce Willis on, on, on Corbin. Yeah. Um, and there it switches over to him and it's clearly just the, on set mic that you're hearing it from because his voice goes from close and clear to being distant and it's just for one line mm-hmm. but then it switch switches back right um but that kind of stuff used to happen so much more and having less dynamic range overall yeah. okay that was a good episode that was good we had a lot of float in this today <laughs> so I guess we'll see you all next week and we'll see if we can get more flow follow our hosts on twitter 
at Two Bodies of Water. You got that mic in a comfortable spot yet? I'm still working on it. At Joey R. Engineer. I can't even talk. I don't remember what my point was. This is a boring podcast. Um, I realize at the end of this, we didn't introduce ourselves. On to the internet you go. Go switch off.